0: Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the sermon. Well, I, I do hope that, that all of you had an incredible Christmas. I pray that it was just, just great in so many ways, and now I'm praying that you're getting yourselves ready for, for this new year. I guess the coolest thing for me I could tell you today is, I was thinking about this. You know there's no other place on this earth that I'd rather be than right here. Amen. I mean, just... Right here, right? I mean, just right here. Just just bringing the new year in with God. I remember my parents used to always tell us that time seems to get faster and faster the older you get. And I will tell you I am becoming a believer of that. It is definitely there. But you know, there's something about a new year that seems to both cause and allow us to reflect on our lives and kind of just where we are. But in direct competition with that, and especially at this time of the year, you and I become bombarded with ads and commercials and billboards guaranteeing us that we have instant results if we simply buy this product, all so we can be whatever it is the world says we should be. Then there are those others that say, hey, really what I long for is just to feel safe and somewhat settled and secure, right? That, that's what I want. And. But, but that, too, can be very, very hard because uh, much in this life today seems very uncertain or unresolved. Even the little bit that we think we know changes like that, especially in the IT world. I thought I was catching up a little bit. But it's things like relationships, finances, health issues, and many other things that, to constantly keep us off balance and kind of unsure of the future. So, so what do we do, right? What, what do we do with a world that seems to be constantly shifting and changing right under our feet? And then where do we go to find that stability and hope that we long for? Well, with all that in mind, trying to think of, you know, what would be the best thing to start this new year off with, I want to spend our time together today looking at a king and a nation who were experiencing this extended period of peace and prosperity, but see suddenly everything changes in their world as well and they face a problem that they don't know how to fix a problem so big that it threatened to destroy their homes their families and even their nation so if you have your bibles or maybe devices with you today we're going to camp out in second chronicles okay second chronicles and we're going to be in chapter 20 and we're going to examine just how King Jehoshaphat went about solving this incredible problem. But, but before we start there and while you're trying to find it, um, let me do this. Let me share just a little bit of background about our king. What we know about Jehoshaphat is that he was 35 years old when he became the fourth king of Judah. And that he ruled for 25 years. He was the son of Asa who was also known as a good king of Judah. We know he immediately began to abolish idol worship and he drove out all male cult prostitutes. He destroyed the Asherah poles where the people worshiped false gods. And then he sent teachers throughout the nation to teach people the laws of God. And, and so, because of this, because of how he lived, because of how he was leading, we're told that God strengthened his kingdom and made Jehoshaphat very powerful and very wealthy. You know, that, that was a, a, a scenario that didn't work out so well for some of our other kings. And then in verse 1, we're told about what this huge problem is. And it reminds us again of how fast change can come. Because what they find out is that the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the midianites they all ganged up together and they create this massive army so that they could wage war against Jehoshaphat and the nation. Well, the king realizes very quickly that he cannot compete with this powerful combination. But at the same time, he's aware of the fact that he's king. And guys, it's his job to come up with a plan for defending their families, their homes, and their nation. You know, with most people, when when they face a dangerous situation that comes upon them very quickly, their first thought is, is What what can I do, right? My my, my reaction is, what what friends do I have? What allies do I have? What can I possibly give them to keep them coming here to try to help us? In other words, all your mind is thinking about is, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? But listen to what this king does. And and, and you can almost hear the calmness in the verse. It says this in verse 3. Forgive me for my sinuses. Oh, it says this in verse 3. It says, alarmed, okay? So, so in other words, he, he knew what was going on. He was, he was fearful, but it says, alarmed. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. What we see there is that God wasn't his last resort, but his first choice. His first choice. And then he did something so amazing. He went on and commanded the rest of the nation to do the exact same thing. Guys, how many times in our lives today do we not make God our last option? How many times did we do everything in our power first and and then everything we can do to try to fix it, and if nothing else works, we turn to God? I can't tell you how many times I've heard this, and I've probably said it, and forgive me, but that infamous statement, well, I guess all there is left to do is pray. What? What? Or sometimes, maybe even sometimes, we fix the problem, right? Maybe we fix the problem. We figure out a way to fix it. But can I tell you something? At best, if you fix it yourself, at best, it will be an imperfect, temporary solution. And I am guilty as charged. I am. But not this king. You see, not this king. Remember, he's very powerful and he's very wealthy. But he doesn't trust in his power and he doesn't depend on his wealth. And at some point, please hear this, at some point, we too will come face to face with a problem that we simply can't fix. And you need to thank God for that because that's him driving us to him. Because you and I will never discover that God is all we need until God is all we have. Well, then in verse 4, what we see is this is how the nation responds. This is so cool. It says, the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek the Lord. Do do you see why godly leadership is so important? Do you see that? People want to be led. They want to know what to do. And guys, as believers, it's our job as believers to to point them to, to the one and only God. That's our job. And then, in verse 5 through 12, it's a little lengthy and I need you to stay with me, but it's just so important. This is this amazing prayer of the king of Judah. And I want you to listen as he humbles himself before God. It starts in verse 5 and it says this. It says, Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes to us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in distress, and you will hear us and save us. But now, now here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance? Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. I I want you to see how he laid out that prayer because I think it's so important and so amazing because the first thing he does is he actually reminds God of who he is, doesn't he? He reminds God of who he is. But when he's doing this, he also is reminding himself and his nation of how incredible God is and how he has done so much in the past, and it grows their confidence. So he starts with that. And then next, he reminds God of the promises that he made to his people. Why? Because they, his nation, they too were descendants of Abraham. And so what that meant is they were under this same promise as well. And after he does all of that, then he gets into the problem that they are facing. And you see Abraham, you see see Jehoshaphat is only able to do this because of his knowledge of the Bible. He's only able to do this because he knows what it says in the Bible. And he's only able to do this because he knows what God promised. That's why we have to know the Bible, guys. That's why it's so important to spend time daily with God. But then in the last two things that he says, that's where we're going to stay most of our time today. Because in the last two things that, that, that make this prayer so incredible and powerful happen in verse 12. The first one is this. He says, we do not know what to do. We do not know what to do. This king knows that his people will follow his lead and he points them straight to God by being incredibly honest and humble. And what's so crazy about that is, then and now in our world, many see this as a weakness. They see this as a weakness. They're like, king, what do you mean? You don't know what to do. You're the king, that's your job. And we see it as a weakness. Please hear this this morning. Guys, you and I were never created to have all the answers. We were never created to have all the answers. So may we please stop trying to play God. The other thing that was hard for me to hear is this. You and I were never meant to be the hero. You see, we were never meant to be the hero. And it's okay that, that for our families to hear us say, I don't know what to do. Especially when we follow it up with, but I know who does. I was, um, I was out on the baseball field. That seems to be where God gets my attention lately. And I'm, I'm cleaning up and doing some things. It was actually last Wednesday. And I get a phone call from my son. And um, he, he calls me and he's, he's asking my opinion about something, which I, I greatly value, right? And because this sermon was on my mind, I told him about this king I was studying about and what he said and how he just first thing he ever did was go to God. And guys, then I had to apologize to my son and to God. You see, something that God made so apparent to me out there was I realized that I had always in the back of my mind I wanted to be his hero. I wanted to be his hero I wanted to be the one to help him solve all his problems I wanted to be the one to protect him and I'm not saying that's bad but you see my motives my motives were all wrong because I was hoping he would think man my dad is smart he's brave he's tough right that's what I'm thinking and guys that's so wrong because I will and I have let him down and I will and I have given him bad advice you see My job, the most important thing that I could ever do in my son's life, in my family's life, and with anybody, is to point them straight to God. That's my job, is to point them straight to God. I don't have to know everything, and neither do you. Because when we point them to God, we're saying, here's the one that can never give you bad advice. Here's the one that will never leave you or forsake you. So it's okay, men, to hear our families hear us say, God, I don't know what to do. That is not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of of godliness because I know who does. Well, then in the last part of verse 12, he says this. He says, but my eyes are on you. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to happen, but my eyes are on you. Caught in a life and death situation, Jehoshaphat says to God, regardless of how it looks, regardless of how it feels, we are locked in on you. And God, we're trusting in your perfect timing that you will reveal to us what to do. But until then, our eyes are focused on you. Do you see how this king humbled himself and made God the hero? so amazing there and guys please know this prayer is not our last resort right prayer is not our last resort it's the incredible privilege that you and i have of speaking directly to the all-knowing creator of the universe because of our relationship with jesus christ and there is no greater place and there is no greater thing we can do than to point others to him because there is no one like our God. There is no one like our God. And then I want you to listen to how God responds to this prayer. And he responds through a prophet. And, he, and the prophet stands up and he shares this with the king and the people. This is in verses 15 through 17. This prophet says this. He says, hey, he said, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not, be defra- do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jerul. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Can you imagine the celebration that's going on when they heard this? Can you imagine? But see, here's the thing that God does that, that we have to see here. He's still testing and demanding their faith. Because what he tells them is this. He says, you are to march towards the battlefield in this massive army, and you are to do that, believing and trusting that I will do exactly what I say. Because what they know is if he does it, They're going to die. You see, our definition of who God is will always determine our level of faith. That's why we have to continue to grow. That's my word for 2023. That's why we have to continue growing. And then, you know, God's going to do what God's going to do because he's perfect. But I want you to see in this situation how he rewards their faith. And in verse 24, it tells us this. It tells us that when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert, and they looked out in the direction of this vast army, the Bible tells us that all they saw was dead bodies everywhere. You see, God had fought the battle for them, and not one of their enemies had escaped. But the crazy thing is, is that God was just getting started. Because when we're told that as Joseph and and the men begin to carry off their plunder or begin to carry off what the the enemies had left behind, the Bible tells us it took three days to collect it because there was so much equipment, clothing, and articles of value. Three days. Well, and then continues on because now the surrounding kings and the kingdoms had heard how God had fought the battle for them. And so the fear of God came over them And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace. His God had given him rest on every side. It reminded me of Ephesians 3.20 that says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Do you see that? These people, all they wanted to do was live. They were just hoping to survive. And God goes way above and beyond all they ever hoped for. And I need you to understand something. When we answer our own problems, when we solve our own problems, that never happens. Our God has so much more in store. Gosh, Jehoshaphat was placed in a situation where he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. And instead of panicking or trying to fix it himself, the Bible tells us that he went straight to God. Saying, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, God. So as we begin this new year, let me ask you this. What are you facing? As a family, as an individual, what is it that looks like there's no way out? What's on your plate that has you feeling helpless and defeated? And are you willing this morning, are you willing to humbly come before God and say, God, I don't know what to do? That's not a sign of weakness. Maybe your finances are just in shambles. Or maybe one of your children has strayed away from God and living for this world. It could be there's an addiction that seems to have a death grip on your life or a family member. Maybe it's a health issue that the doctors just don't know how to solve. Could it be a marriage that just looks unfixable? Or maybe no no matter how hard the two of you try, you just can't become pregnant. Could it be a family member who refuses to believe that Jesus Christ is the only way? or an issue at work that just seems to keep getting worse. Maybe you've gotten caught up in pornography and it's taken over everything. Or maybe you've solved all your problems all your life so long that you don't think God can do it better. Or could it be that you've pushed God off for so long and today you need to simply say Christ will you be my savior will you be my redeemer will you forgive my sins will you change my soul will you give me a new heart I'm not sure what the giants that you're facing this morning look like I'm not sure but I do know this we all go through periods where life can be very very hard but I hope what you see this morning is you never have to do it alone and that we don't have to try to be God there is only one God and guys we're not it. you see God created us in a way so that we would be dependent on him Breathes for you when you're asleep who wakes you up in the morning who makes your heart beat whether you believe it or not we are totally dependent on God so will you this morning as we start this new year will you humbly admit to God that you might just not know what to do just throw your hands up and say God I, I, I don't know what to do And will you truly give it to him? And then, will you trust him and keep your eyes on him regardless of how he chooses to answer? You see, God is perfect, but he's not a genie. And here, what you are asking him to answer you is this. You're saying, God, however you choose to, to do this I'm in and I trust that because you are perfect so are your answers so again what, what I'm asking you this morning is will you want what God wants more than what you want and will you just give the battle to him now we we designed this service to be a little shorter because we know that, that, that uh, it's New Year's, but at the same time what we designed it for is to give you some time today, to give you some time as, as, as you'll see prayer people coming up front here in just a minute to give you some time to just simply do what you need to do with God today guys, why would you not give it to an all loving, all knowing God Whatever it is, it's, it's, for some of you, it's driving you crazy. For some of you, I don't know why, but we won't release it. And there's no better time than today. There's no better time than today to release it here and say, God, I don't know what to do, but I'm trusting you and I'm believing in you and my eyes are going to stay on you in 2023. So the worship team's going to play softly for just a little bit. Listen, if you want to do that in the the privacy of of your seat, you do that. But you know that the altars are open. And just know that God loves you and that he wants to help you and that he wants to solve your problems. But you've got to trust him and you've got to let him do it his way. Let me pray. God, thank you. Thank you that you are God and I am not thank you, God, that, that, that we have the ability to come straight to you and forgive us when we don't. God, I pray for this church in 2023, that that's our, our goal. That's our desire that no matter what it is, because if we do it in the little things, then we will do it in the big things. So God, today, may we come to you. May we come to you with an open heart. And maybe it's just saying, God, do whatever you want to do in my life and with me. And may we give you permission to rule our lives. I pray this, God. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen.